Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Yep, you heard the man. This is Tyler Chef. I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about how to determine the amount of capital that you need to get started in real estate investing. This is a pretty popular question I get on a regular basis. And I've started taking a lot of the questions that I get. And what I've realized is that I email the person that asked the question back and give them the answer. But kind of what I'm doing is depriving you guys of that uh, information as well. So as I get these questions, and especially when I hear them a lot, I'm going to start doing these podcast episodes like I have for the last couple of weeks so that everybody can benefit from the answers. And let's be honest, guys, I've made tons of mistakes. And when you make a lot of mistakes, you learn a lot of good stuff. And uh, that's what we're going to accomplish here in this episode. So that said, um, I got this email from the guy by the name of Blake, and he says that I just recently began listening to the podcast and has changed my mindset about real estate investing. That's cool. And Blake, thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I graduated from college a month ago. Outstanding. Here's the best part, guys. Ready for this? With zero student debt. Dude. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Way to knock it out of the park. No student debt. I love that. That's outstanding. Nothing wrong with going to college, guys, but when you get $100,000, $50,000 in debt and that debt lasts forever, that will absolutely bankrupt you. So anytime somebody can get the benefit of a college education, apply the college education. Again, nothing wrong with a college education, provided you don't go broke trying to get it. And number two, you actually apply what you've learned. And he goes on to say, and he gets a great career with a very high earning potential. So Congrats to him. He's doing well. He's off on a good start. He says, my biggest question is how much capital do I need to begin this journey of wealth? So that is a great question. And let me go ahead and dive right in. So for me, the answer to how much capital he needs really depends on well, how much time and effort does he plan to invest into this adventure of real estate investing? And you think, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, here's my logic. You know, let's say you save $150,000, for example. And you can go out and pay cash for a duplex or a triplex in most markets. That would probably be a little bit much for a duplex, in my opinion, unless it was performing very well. But easily, if you could get one, a triplex in that price point, the 150 mark, that's a pretty good deal, I would think, unless it's in a real train wreck of an area. But in some markets, you can probably even do a four unit, maybe places like Indiana, Alabama, some more of the, the tertiary markets and things like that, you could probably do as, as better. But let's set that, set that aside for a second. You go out and shell out. You First of all, you go through the, the discipline and the effort to save $150,000. Well done. It takes a lot of discipline to do that. Um, so well done. Problem is you go out and spend that $150,000 on one property. Guess what? You're done until you save more money if saving is the way you're going to do it. Now, I'm all about uh, being responsible with your finances and stashing away some expense money and things like this. But understand this. Cash is an idea, Okay that the money is sitting in your pocket right now could be uh, potentially be useless tomorrow. It's very, very possible. If you pay attention to anything that's going on in the world, listen to Peter Schiff, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, read the Wall Street Journal. What you'll find is that the value of the dollar fluctuates wildly, and the U.S. dollar has no backing. It's not backed by anything except for the faith and credit of the federal government. You've got to be kidding me. Matter of fact, a little side thing as this recording this week, we're going to Jill and I are taking the RV. We're going up to Jekyll Island where the the uh, Federal Reserve was formed in the uh, way out in the middle of nowhere out in the coast of Georgia on the cover of darkness, I guess you could say, back in the old days when they started the Federal Reserve System. 
And let me tell you, that system was not put in place for people like you and I to win. So keep that in mind. Now, that said, saving $150,000 in today's world, unless you're a big-time income earner, can be a challenge for most folks, no doubt. Even $50,000 can be a challenge. How about instead you learn how to raise money from other people, okay? Help them experience the benefit of getting good returns, which for me means that you can do more good in the community, okay? You're going to get you're going to get the same tax advantages that you would otherwise. The difference is you can write off the interest, okay? So there's tax advantages there. Get with your CPA. I'm not an expert in that. But you could start with, I don't know, 100 bucks. Learn how to generate leads for investors, okay? And leads for motivated sellers. To me, that's far more important than focusing your efforts on trying to save $100,000, $150,000, or even fifty dollars or $20,000 to buy real estate. Try to learn and get really good at generating leads. So if you're going to save up money for something, save up money to invest in lead generation. Because the reality of it is, lead generation is really, if you're going to spend money on anything, what you've got to focus your efforts on, you've got to spend your money on. Because what what you'll find is that when you find good opportunities or you get good at recognizing good opportunities, you're also going to attract people that are look that have cash that are looking to place that capital. Okay, there's a lot of money out there right now that's looking for a place to invest. And I know you don't want to take on debt, and because he, he goes on to say um, that he's a fan of of Dave Ramsey, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I know Dave Ramsey is debt against debt of any kind. Totally get that, but I also get that there's a difference between, in my opinion, good debt or bad debt. Okay, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, teaches us there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Good debt is money that is debt that puts money in your pocket. Bad debt is money that, the debt that takes money out of your pocket. So a credit card, for example, is bad debt. And I know there's the what-if scenarios, and what if I buy Bitcoin and it goes up and I make money and yada, yada, yada. Um, no, I'm going to call that a foul. Okay, that doesn't work. Bottom line is good debt's mortgage debt. Any other kind of debt, in my opinion, forget it. Just leave it on the sidelines. It's only going to get you in trouble when it comes down to it. So ask yourself, how can I possibly get started with 100 bucks? We covered that like two, three episodes ago. It's real simple. You go to cashflowguys.com forward slash one funnel away. Cashflowguys.com forward slash one funnel away. You spend 100 bucks. You get into the 30-day coaching program. You learn from the folks at ClickFunnels on how to generate your own leads. You know, there's realtors out there that are paying thousands of dollars a month. And I'm talking newbie realtors. I know rookie realtors that are scraping together $2,500 to $3,000 a month to generate leads. That's ridiculous. You could set the world on fire with $2,500 invested in your marketing for leads and capital, guys. hate to tell you. Okay? So learn how to leverage other people's capital because... At the end of the day, the only way to really escape the rat race is to do bigger deals. You're going to have to get more units under your belt and build enough cash flow. Because what you'll find is, let's say you decide you are happy with, I don't know, $5,000 a month in income. The day will come that you'll want 6000 And guess what? If you're still trying to save money, it's going to take a long time. And you're going to get impatient. And then you might start doing risky deals. Instead, use the principles of leverage, help other people help a leg up. Okay. When you climb up a rung, look behind you. There's somebody behind you that's coming up, lend a hand, reach a hand out and help somebody else. Okay. When you learn to generate leads folks, and you get really good at marketing, I don't care if it's direct mail, digital marketing, sales funnels, whatever you do, when you learn to generate leads, those leads turn into dollars because even if you don't want those leads, other people do. You can actually start a business selling qualified leads that you don't want to other people. There was a company called uh, webuyhouses.com a while back. 
they had a whole side business that all the leads that they generated for their franchisees that they didn't want, they took them back and sold them to the general investing public and made themselves a small fortune in paid leads. So you can generate, you could probably triple the amount of revenue that you could save just by learning how to generate leads and monetizing that piece. Okay. Me personally, I prefer someone to start with, without a whole bunch of capital. I'll tell you why. And it's honestly because they are less likely to get themselves into hot water. There's nothing worse in the world than somebody running around with great credit and tons of cash. That can be dangerous, especially when they don't know what they're doing or they're trying to go at it alone. And I will tell you that in the, these waters, there are sharks swimming around. And when they smell blood, and blood can mean great credit and or could mean a, a bank account, a savings account or an IRA sitting there uh, untapped, they could very easily take a chomp out of you. So instead, I would more focus on helping other people that have capital invest their capital. Look at them as a as a joint venture partner, maybe. You can scale, scale a lot faster if you learn to leverage the resources of other folks. And in some cases, that maybe you have the money and you don't have the time. Well, then bring somebody that has the time into the mix, okay? Banks, remember this, banks and hard money lenders, they're going to lend to just about anyone without any regard to the investment quality of their purchase. Now, this does not apply to, like, I'm sure the maybe the big commercial banks where they're going to heavily scrutinize the asset. But your traditional residential lender or your hard money lender for flips and things like this, they're not not—they're looking at the borrower, not necessarily the collateral as a whole. They're not looking at the investment. They're looking at the collateral. So they're likely to give somebody a loan. You can buy a house. Hell, you can buy a fourplex that doesn't even come close to cash flowing with an FHA mortgage with 3.5% down. As long as you can physically afford to pay the mortgage, it doesn't mean that the asset can afford to pay the mortgage, and that's what gets people in trouble. So try to avoid that drama in your life by relying too much on that institutional debt. Instead, get good at structuring deals. How do you do that? Well, you spend a lot of time actually working the leads that come in. So let's say, for example, you're going to save $500 a month towards your investment properties. So over the course of a year, that turns out to $6,000. Stay with me a second. If you invest $500 a month into your marketing and you get lots of leads coming in, coming in, you're going to get lots of opportunities to practice your pitch, to practice talking to sellers, to practice getting seller financing. I talked to a nice gentleman today who called in who wanted some negotiating tips on seller financing. We were able to sit down. We spent about a half hour, 45 minutes rehearsing different ways that he can overcome objections and negotiate. Yes, that's what some people want to do on the call. On that Ask Tyler call, how do, they, how do you do that? You go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Everybody gets one, okay? 15 to 30 minutes, you choose. Talk about any topic you want. We can talk about the weather. I don't care. But it's there to help you if you take advantage of it, okay? So understand, I'm going to say it again, there's nothing more dangerous than a new investor with some cash and great credit, okay? Instead, focus on those leads, please. When you're focusing on those leads, think about yourself as a warrior getting ready to do battle. You're sharpening that sword, Okay, you're going to sharpen that sword. And, and he goes on to say, he says, and when your when your savings is attained or when your numbers attained, what resources can I use to be the most educated possible? Well, first of all, this scares me a little bit when you say most educated because, see, I suffer from a thing called engineer brain, which means that I want to know everything there is to know about every topic. And then once I feel I've attained all the information, then I will take action. This held me back for many, many years. I spent so much time studying, I didn't spend enough time doing I became a professional student. I got really, really good and really educated, 
but I wasn't taking enough action. I didn't have enough cash flow or I wasn't doing enough deals. So I simply went out and changed that. But to answer your question, really, um, it, it comes down to, for me, it's a video would be probably my first thing when I'm searching for how to, if I'm looking for a specific how to, how to write a contract, how to do this, how to do that, um, how to a specific thing, I'm probably going to default to a video. And part of the reason for that is YouTube search engine is excellent. Excellent. It's just outstanding. It really does a great job of getting drilled down to the information you're looking for. So that's one of the main reasons that video is, is very beneficial to me. And also I'm a visual learner. So I find it a little easier to watch a video. That said, if it's a 45 minute video on a very dry topic, I, I will check out. I'll be on Facebook faster than anybody. So just keep that in mind. But the search engine capabilities of YouTube really drill me down and give me lots of options where I can then look at how long is the video. Can I consume this content? That works out quite well for me. Now, if I'm looking for more of a passive or a non-task related education, then I look at audiobooks. Okay, Audiobooks are usually my first choice and I'm looking for more of a passive type education, maybe on a topic, a specific topic. Not a specific procedure, but a specific topic. I want to learn about, I don't know, uh, retirement accounts. Then maybe I'll listen to an audiobook about it, or I want to learn about building, um, writing email sequences. Then I will probably listen to an audiobook on it. Written books would probably be next, and that really depends on what I'm doing. I love reading physical books. The problem is I'm not doing, other, I'm sitting still, not doing anything else. I love that. But at the same time, I'd like to spend the time that I'm working on projects listening to audiobooks. So let's say I'm out up on the roof of the RV working on a solar system or doing this or doing that, or I'm out for a walk. I like to listen to audiobooks while I'm doing stuff like that. Driving down the road, great time to look at or listen to audiobooks. Granted, I'm not going to do that when I got, uh, I'm not going to listen or read a book when I got the steering wheel in my hand. So for me, audiobooks are probably my second go to. Uh, because I can do other things and get better use of my time of actual physical tasks. Okay. But again, what I don't like about audiobooks is that it t it's tough to take notes and such when my hands are busy. Because a lot of times somebody will drop a real good nugget and you're like, oh, geez, you're driving on the road. And, you know, trying to take notes while you're driving is probably not a good idea. Um, so I wouldn't try it if I were you. You didn't learn that here. We don't do that, even though I do sometimes, but, you know, I'm getting better at it. They just made a new law in Florida, actually, where it's illegal to text, and I will probably use that as an excuse to get my act together when it comes to multitasking when I'm driving down the road. Multitasking, as they say in the book, the one thing is a lie, and I would agree with that. That said, if I'm doing some mundane task, like putting screws in a wall or something, then listening, I don't think there's anything wrong with listening to an audio book and getting things done, provided I'm, I'm working safely. So that's that. He goes on to say that, uh, he says, also, I'm a Dave Ramsey follower as well. And I want to know how I can build this empire without going into debt or ramping up unmanageable debts. I know I talked about this a minute ago, but I just want to kind of leave you with this thought. I do not believe Blake. I just do not believe that it's possible to build a real estate portfolio to the point. It will support you to any degree whatsoever without taking on some mortgage debt. Okay. You're absolutely going to have to take on some mortgage debt of some shape, way or fashion and I shouldn't limit, limit it to mortgage debt. It could be a capital um, investor capital or mortgage debt in order to scale, to do enough properties, do enough deals, buy and hold opportunities for you to retire and escape the rat race. If that's your goal, you're going to have to learn to leverage. You're absolutely going to have to learn and be okay with leveraging. I know that in Dave Ramsey's perfect world that he can do everything with cash. Okay. 
But Dave Ramsey's been at this a very, very long time. And the reason why he's so terrified about taking on debt is because he did a lot of bad real estate deals back in the day. He was focused on appreciation, not focused on cash flow. And he let his he let the debt overcome him. So if you do a bunch of bad deals, I don't care what kind of debt you got, it'll tank you, right? That's just the reality of it. So remember, Uncle Dave over-leveraged, okay? He over-leveraged. Don't over-leverage. Put some skin on the game. Make sure you're buying right. Make sure you only take on debt that has favorable terms, which means no adjustable loans, folks. No adjustable loans. You go with long-term fixed-rate financing. What does long-term mean? For me, that means 30 years or more if I'm dealing with the smaller assets. If you're under four units, there's no reason why you can't get a 30-year mortgage, okay? If you're over four units, then you're probably going to be looking at 20 to 25-year terms, in some cases even less than that. Now, the banks are going to come at you with 10 or 15. It's your job to renegotiate to 20 to 25. And it's okay, folks, to walk out of a bank and not do business with them if they won't give you the terms. I don't care what the status quo is. If you're having a difficult time finding bank financing that meets the terms that you think need to make sense, for example, you want to go 20 or 30 years and the banks are telling you on larger assets they won't do it, then maybe you do a syndication instead and you raise the capital and you do the deal. Bottom line is, folks, there's lots of opportunities out there. There's lots of different ways to skin the cat. Blake, you absolutely have to get on board with the fact that mortgage debt, again, is going to be a thing. You're not going to be able to do this solely by yourself, I guess, unless you hit the lottery and wound up getting several million dollars net, net, net. Other one than that, you're going to have to rely on other folks. Okay, It takes a village to raise a real estate portfolio. I said that here first. You remember, You heard it. So anyway... I hope you found value in this. I hope this answered your question. Guys, if you want to get on the phone with me, head over to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. If you want to get involved in that 30-day coaching, that's 30 days for 100 bucks. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash one funnel away. Uh, that will get you through that crash course into marketing to get the gen- leads generated, to get things going, get yourself headed in the right direction, okay? I hope you have a great week. I hope you go out there and take some action and learn something new. If you uh, haven't joined our Facebook group, you can do that by going to cashflowguys.com forward slash group, cashflowguys.com forward slash group. And please feel free to drop us an email at info at cashflowguys.com if you have a question. And let me know if you want your episode or your question uh, made into an episode, and we'll be happy to accommodate. So, folks, have a great week, and I will catch up with you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.